Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. It's Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin and Felicity Gray from Devonport has pursued a, well, a different kind of career in international relations with an undergraduate degree from the University of Tasmania. And then, why not? Let's work harder and get a PhD on civilian protection at the Australian National University. But then, let's go to Ukraine and help those fleeing the war-torn eastern cities. What a wonderful human being. Felicity Gray, good morning. Good morning, Mike. Thank you. Now, it, I <laughs> mean, a nice introduction. Well, you're based, uh, I, I gather, I mean, you've taken on that job as an advocacy uh, lead for the humanitarian organisation Nonviolent Peace Force, I believe, in November last year. How's that working out? Um, I mean, it was going great. <laughs> and then um, I was seconded to Ukraine um, about a month ago. So at the moment, my focus has shifted to here in Ukraine. And I, I gather, I mean, um, how is the level of protection of, of civilians there currently for your good self? An interesting response to be part of. Um, before I worked in DC, I was in South Sudan for a year. So it's obviously a very different protection of civilians context here. Um, so it's been quite incredible to see the level of mobilization among the local community in terms of protecting each other um but obviously civilians here are facing a really high level of threat because of the the russian invasion so it's definitely a new context um and i'm learning a lot i suppose about what what role um ngos can can continue to play in terms of protecting civilians i mean it's always interesting for people back here to know what it's like on the ground in ukraine you've got ukrainians i believe flooding back into their homeland so it's been written believing the situation in western areas of the country is safe and have even begun visiting the sites of some of the worst russian atrocities areas such as butcher we know what happened there i mean are you is that what you're seeing as well citizens are coming back are you seeing overall that ukraine is just starting to win a few more smaller battles yeah it's de- the the context in the last couple of weeks has definitely shifted in terms of what displaced communities are feeling like they want to do as you can imagine when you're displaced from your home due to a war um, that's not that's not what you want. And so as there's been more opportunities to come back to Ukraine, a lot of people have taken that. Um, I will say that doesn't mean that it's necessarily um, safe, right? So Odessa, for example, which is an area in, um, in the more western part of Ukraine um, that we visited a couple of weeks ago, um, just a couple of days ago, got um, kind of heavily... Um, shelled and missiled by Russia. So um, it's a very uh, fluid situation. And so in terms of safety and security for civilians, there really is no guarantee, regardless of where you are in Ukraine. Um, But, you know, I really do understand people's desire to want to go back to their homes. Um, Often families have been separated, so to go and reconnect with their families as well. and I understand why, you know, people are, are making different risk calculations at this point. Yeah, well said. I'm talking with Felicity Gray, originally from Devonport, who's in Ukraine. Can I ask you, Felicity, what is a typical day for you? 
Um, it, it depends where I am in Ukraine. Um, but in general, we start the day with, with a security briefing. We check in um, with my colleagues about, you know, what's happened in the country overnight. We have um, people that we're connected with um, in in all different areas of Ukraine. So if there's been some heavy shelling um, or missiles in, in particular areas, we want to make sure that they're okay. Um, and then, um, you know, we, we have a lot of meetings with different um, community talk about what new needs might have come up, um, how we can best support them. And to be honest, it's a lot of with donors trying to convince um, different government and organizations who are currently um, supporting different Ukraine that um, you know, explaining what the protection needs are to them why they need to be providing um, particular forms of support for communities. And if I, if I can ask, Felicity, where are you now? So at the moment I'm in Lviv, in the west of Ukraine. I've, I've been here um, perhaps for a week. Prior to that, um, I was part of an assessment team that was in Kyiv, or Kiev, as, as we say in English. I was wondering, what have, have you seen some of the um, the sites, some of the atrocities, which must um, be very hard to take uh, when, when, you know, obviously it's tried to hidden when, when I mean, Russia's state media says that it's a vision to denazify Ukraine. You must have found all of that quite ludicrous. And yet seeing what you see with the damage done and the injuries and the death, it must be, it's devastating. It is devastating. I'm very pleased the level of information uh, how is it going with the sanctions as well if you can with that uh, follows on from that last question in regard what are you seeing and how, how are the people feeling there i mean and also do they see or they feel that the sanctions against russia are working um sanctions is not something that i've discussed with civilians here but i will say that they are very appreciative of the level of solidarity that other governments and communities around the world have showed ukraine that's very clear when we talk to civilians that they're really grateful for for that level of solidarity how are they how are they feeling when they're hearing about relatives being trapped it must be so horrendous are they feeling a sense of hope that it won't go on too much longer or is there a sense of a little bit of doom hang on this is just too much to cope with um it, it's very um challenging for people in all kinds of different ways i spoke with one person who said you know everyone in ukraine and Ukrainians abroad is experiencing a war, but um, it's all—it's all very. It's a different kind of war for every person. Um, you know, I personally have a friend who has family who are still in Mariupol, um, oh. and I know that that—you know—is incredibly challenging for her emotionally. And she's also about to come back to Ukraine and, and be part of this response um, because you know she wants to see people supported and people protected and and for their needs to be met um and so it can also be a motivating factor knowing how much you're invested in in a good outcome for people when you've been separated from them 
and you probably hear in, in within your work that the World Health Organization is g- gathering evidence for a possible war crimes investigation into attacks that uh, it says it's documented by Russia on healthcare facilities in Ukraine, in particular uh, Kiev. Um, have you, I mean, this is the kind of thing you'd probably hear and, and uh, probably talk with your colleagues about. It must be quite dreadful, but uh, obviously that's uh, something that's it's going to happen when all this is finally over. There will be some uh, people going to court for war crimes there's no doubt about it i think you know as with any conflict the accountability piece and the justice piece and the aftermath of all of this is going to be extremely important um and so it's good that there are organizations on the ground who are making sure that um that everything that's happened is documented so that when there is an opportunity for those accountability processes to happen um they have what they need to pursue that has it uh, been a little bit worse since russia marked victory day which is their patriotic day on, on their calendar the anniversary i believe of the defeat of nazi germany in 1945 yet um in ukraine you'd be saying no i mean this is just ridiculous because he's continuing and putin seems to be wanting to continue this war um for forever it, it appears and the damage i mean the rebuilding of ukraine after all this will be extraordinary uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a date that we, as a kind of humanitarian community, were very aware of. Um, we kept a pretty close security eye around that time. And certainly some of the communities in the east and the south towards the front lines, um, they did experience an increase um, in attacks those days. Um, you know, thankfully, I think um, it wasn't as bad as, as people had anticipated. And hopefully um, that is kind of um, suggesting <laughs> that things might be settling down a bit, but no one can really tell. I mean, it's a very hard thing to predict. Oh, um, look, it, w- it would be very, very difficult. I don't know how on the ground you could predict it, but you're seeing, obviously, and you're aware of all of the amount of billions upon billions of dollars US and other countries and Europe are putting into uh, military um, uh, paraphernalia, etc., being delivered with, with weapons and all of that. But how are we going with the people on the ground where you are where you're working with with these people obviously they i mean i keep hearing about food water all the all the things that we take for granted that is so difficult to find yes um the situation is really variable depending on where you are in ukraine um so in the occupied territories in the east and the south as you can imagine um there are some communities who don't have any of those basics and and getting um those materials to them um is extremely challenging so that's a huge concern i think of the entire humanitarian community here um but then even you know once people have fled to safer areas um, there are still gaps in terms of accessing medicines, um, accessing, um, you know, hygiene items, shampoo, things like this. So um, that's something that we're working with our other colleagues who um, deliver those forms of aid to, to try and address. Talking with Felicity Gray, originally from Devonport in Ukraine. Now, Felicity, I mean, what can we do? I mean, we Tasmanians, how can we help? That's a great question. Um, I think in general, um, understanding what's happening in Ukraine, um, showing your solidarity in different ways, whether that's 
online, whether that's educating yourself about um, what's happening, whether that's being able to donate to an organization that's here working on the ground. Um, I think all of these things make a difference. Um, and, and I know that Ukrainians, as I said, have been incredibly grateful for the level of solidarity that um, other communities around the world are showing. So um, continuing that um, standing side by side, whether it's virtual or financial or, or whatever is possible for you, um, I think is very welcome. Felicity, where, is there a website in particular people can go to to find out a little bit more about the work that you do and perhaps even if they can donate or help in some way? Where, where do they go? Yeah, so our project information is available at the Nonviolent Peace Force website. <clears throat> it's www.nonviolentpeaceforce.org. Um, and there's also information on my Twitter, which is at Felicity E. Gray, G-R-A-Y. And it's Nonviolent Peace Force. Um, Google that. If, if, if I could then say, ask you, is there anything you would like to say for those here at home? Uh, I think, you know, thank you so much to, to people for their curiosity and interest about this. Um, I know a lot of my friends and family have um, have wanted to reach out and, and to keep in touch. And, um, and I know that a lot of Tasmanians have um, been keeping a close eye on what's happening in Ukraine. And I think, you know, we may be communities far apart, but there's a level of solidarity that I think is is really important and and that um you know i'm grateful for as someone who works here but even more so i know that ukrainians are grateful for and and i guess and i guess felicity when you you've gone to sudan and you've worked with uh, you know american gun law and etc but would you have ever thought that hey would you like to go to ukraine during a war no (laughs) no this one came as a surprise it's not not one that i had planned for Unbelievable, but you're doing a great job. Gee, we, we're so grateful you're there. And like I said, if anyone can help, and don't forget it's nonviolent to Peace Force. So Google that, you'll find out more information. And Felicity Gray from Devonport, I'm so grateful for your time. And I, I, I just want you to stay safe. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thanks for talking with us. You're welcome. Tasmania Talks. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9.